Hello, welcome to the Holiness Preaching Online Podcast. Grab your Bible and listen to God's voice through our anointed Pentecostal holiness ministers as they deliver the burning message on their hearts. Thank you for your support. conference, and uh, it has certainly been a blessing to our family and to our lives, and I thank God for everything that he has done for us and our family right here at the minister's conference, and to God be the glory for that, amen. I want to say how much I appreciate the opportunity to be here and to preach uh, this service tonight, give high honor to Brother Ralston and Brother Ingram tonight, and uh, let me give you some words of wisdom. I told someone I'm too young to be given uh, words of wisdom, but I do have a word of wisdom for you tonight. If Brother Ingram calls you, don't answer the phone like I did. He'll never let you live it down. And uh, I told him, I said, I I need to be too spiritual to retaliate tonight, so I'm just going to leave it like that. And uh, But I appreciate Brother Ralston, Brother Ingram. I give honor to all the ministry tonight. Wonderful, wonderful preaching this morning. And I appreciate all these ministers here on the platform and uh, those that will be sharing the pulpit with us uh, throughout this week. Give honor to my family. Appreciate my wife and my kids. And uh, Drew got real excited when you said he'll be next. I seen a little spiritual something over there. And uh, so anyway, I appreciate all my family. God bless you for being here in my church. Some of them are here. I do believe God has a word for the Lord for, uh, from the Lord for us tonight. And uh, we're going to make an altar tonight. And I trust and pray that you'll push in. And uh, ladies over here, Brother Ingram told me to stress that, hey, if you want to come, couples can come here in the middle, men over here. But let's get in the altars and see what God will do for us tonight. How many is ready to receive a word from God? Amen. It's found in 1 Kings chapter number 19. 1 Kings chapter number 19. When you have that, if you would stand for the reverence of the reading of the word of the Lord. First Kings chapter number 19, and let's read verse number 4. If you have it, say amen. But he, talking about Elijah, himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree, and he requested for himself that he might die and said, It is enough. Now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my fathers. I want to borrow for a text tonight the words of Elijah when he said, It is enough. That's what I want to preach tonight on. I've had enough. Let's pray and ask God to help us tonight. Father, we thank you so much for the wonderful presence of God that we feel in this house tonight. I pray that you would anoint me to preach. I pray that you would anoint this congregation to not just receive the word but to respond to the word. And God will give you great praise for everything that's done in these altars. In Jesus' name we pray. And let all of God's people say amen. God bless you as you're seated in the presence of a great God. Weak, weary, worn out. These are the words that could describe the preacher in this text. He's a man of God. He's a servant of God. But when you get to know his story, 
you find out that he is weak, he is weary, and he is worn out. He's exhausted, expended of all of his energy. I want to ask you a question tonight. Have you ever been exhausted? Have you ever been worn out? Have you ever been expended of all of your energy? Has anybody ever had circumstances come up in your life or ministry that has wore you out? There's some tonight who can testify that as of last Sunday, there's been some things happen that has exhausted us. Maybe not even last Sunday. Maybe just today we left this conference. I got in my car to go eat a little lunch before I went to the room. And I got a phone call. And just another phone call. I sat down at the dinner table with my wife. And I said these words. If it's not one thing, it's another. At some point in all of our ministries and in all of our lives, there will be some problems, some predicaments, some people that can wear you out. This life called ministry has a way of putting you in spaces and places where it feels like you're being more depleted than developed. That space where the more you preach, the more you sing, the more you give, the more exhausted you become. Is there anybody know what I'm talking about tonight? Maybe you're so spiritual you've never felt this way. For the, but, but for the other 99.9% of us, I think we know exactly what I'm talking about. Life has a way of knocking the life out of you. Life can wear you out. Ministry can have you up against the ropes wondering whether or not you're going to rebound or recover. And there's people in this building tonight that knows quite well that feeling. You've came here maybe exhausted, burnt out, mentally fried, saying I can't take it anymore. Maybe saying if one more thing happens, I'm going to lose my mind. If they say one more thing, I may just go off on them. If they talk about my kids one more time, I'm just going to explode. If one more family leaves, if I have to bury one more good person, I may not be able to make it. But aren't you glad that even when you're weak, weary, and worn out, God knows how to give you a word of encouragement, praise God, to let us know, I know exactly where you're at, I know exactly what you're going through, I know exactly what you need, and I can do for you what you can't do for yourself. Is there anybody in this house that is grateful that we serve a God who knows how to give us rest when we're weary, praise God. He's got a word that lets us know that everything's going to be all right. I'm so glad I came to minister's conference this year. I'm so glad I came to the service this morning. Amen. For God to give us a word that there's not one person that he wants to lose. Amen. And that our perception may not be exactly what the reality is. Amen. I'm glad I came to church tonight because God's got a word for this service tonight. And the word is this. Even when you're weak, weary, and worn out, God can give us strength to keep on going. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. There's no great greater example than the highs and lows of ministry than that of Elijah. Did I tell you he's God's man? He's God's prophet. He's God's chosen servant. Amen. He's the one who's done great things for God, but yet he's exhausted. He's expended of all of his energy. If you go back to, amen, to chapter 17, Elijah shows up out of nowhere. And when he shows up, there's a famine in the land. It's so severe that a widow woman who's going to make one 
more meal for her and her son. She's going to eat it and die. Elijah shows up and says, I want you to make a meal for me first. And because she had enough faith to trust the man of God, the Bible says, amen, that the flour and oil never ran out. Hallelujah. But it doesn't stop there. The Bible says her son dies. And so she sends for a prophet. And when Elijah shows up, he revives the boy and brings him brings him back to life. If you think that's amazing, check out chapter 18. In chapter 18, he tells the prophets of Baal, meet me on Mount Carmel. He said, you call on your God. I'm going to call on my God. And the one that answers by fire, he will be God. You know the story, don't you? After a 63-word prayer and a water-soaked altar, amen, amen, God did exactly what Elijah asked him to do because we serve a God that doesn't just hear prayer, he answers prayer. Come on, somebody. Amen. After the fire fell, he looks at Ahab and he says, I hear a sound of abundance of rain. He sends the servant to look. He sees nothing, but he has so much faith that he sends him seven times until he sees the cloud the size of a man's hand. This man's done great things for God, but here he is in chapter 19. He's exhausted, and the reason he's exhausted is because Ahab is so infuriated with what he has done that he tells his wicked wife Jezebel what Elijah has done. And Jezebel says, by this time tomorrow, I'm going to take his life. And now he's on, are you with me right now? He's on the run. He's trying to save his own life. Amen. He's the one who has been sent by God to speak to God's people. Amen. Are you getting this? He's on the mountain in one chapter and he's down in the valley in the next. Amen. He's standing strong in one chapter and he's running for his life in the next, which I believe is a lesson to all of us that even as ministry, we are all susceptible to those high times and those low times. We are all susceptible to those days where our faith is strong and those days when our faith has collapsed. I don't know about you tonight, but I would love to be in that spiritually place, amen, that is equally balanced, a place that is free of the ups and the downs. But that's not the reality of ministry. We all go through good times, and we go through bad times. We all go through ups, and we go through downs. Amen. But I'm telling you, the same God that visits us on the mountain is the same God that'll give us strength, amen, down in the valley. Amen. Come on, is there anybody that would like to get some victory from that spirit that's running you ragged? Is there anybody that would like to get some deliverance from that Jezebel spirit that's wearing you out and exhausting you? I want to tell you tonight, you don't have to live in a whirlwind of emotions. You don't have to live up one service and down the next. You don't have to quit. You don't have to give up. You don't have to walk away. If God's ever helped you before, He's the same yesterday. He's the same today. He's the same forever. And He'll help you again. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. The word He receives is by this time tomorrow, I'm taking your life. And that puts Him on the run. He runs with His servant to Beersheba. And when He gets there, He tells His servant, You stay right here. 
I'm going a little farther into the wilderness. That's the worst thing he could have did. Hallelujah. He ran to the wrong place. He is now in a desert under a juniper tree, and he's all by himself. Come on, did you hear that? He's in a desert under a juniper tree, a broom tree. Amen. The enemy's sweeping all kinds of things into his life, and he's all by himself. Because when you're exhausted, expended of all of your energy, if we're not careful, we will find ourselves in a place of isolation. Come on now. Can I just tell you tonight that the worst place you can find yourself is alone? Hallelujah. Isolated. Disconnected from everybody. Amen. I want to tell you, isolated people get weird. Isolated people say things they shouldn't say. Isolated people do things they shouldn't do. When you're by yourself, you'll start making decisions that you don't need to make. I need somebody in this building to help me. Amen. Understand, you can't disconnect from this group. Amen. You can't disconnect from fellowship. Amen. I understand. Amen. Sometimes we like to be by ourselves. And I've heard people say, well, I'm just a loner. Amen. Listen, maybe some people in this building tonight, you didn't even want to come to this meeting. Amen. You didn't even want to be around people. But every now and then, it gives me strength to be around some people. Amen. That'll say, come on, boy. Get your act together. Get your hands back up in the air. Amen. You can praise God again. Amen. Sometimes you need somebody that'll look you in the face and say, I love you enough not to leave you like this. Amen. Is there anybody thankful that you've had some voices in your life when you was down that would say, come on. You can preach again. You can worship again. You can shout again. You can get anointed again. I'm thankful for the voices in my life that has kept me Sane, can you say amen? Woo, hallelujah. Amen. I know Brother, Brother Sumner already kind of talked about this Elijah complex. And I thought, woo, I hope he don't just get on it too much, you know. Hallelujah. Maybe there's a word for God, from God for somebody in this building tonight. Amen. Well, preacher, you don't understand what's going on in my church. You don't understand what's going on in my marriage, my ministry, and my mind. I may not understand all the details. And I really probably don't need to know the details. But I do know the worst mistake you'll ever make in your life is to separate yourself from the good people that God put in your life to help you keep your mind straight. Amen. Come on, there's a propensity in all of us to pull away from the crowd. Amen. There's, a, there's, some, there's some Sunday nights, all I want to do is go home sit in my recliner and talk to nobody come on anybody know what I'm talking about amen but there's something in me amen I need community that's why I try to make it a point to come to ministers conference Woo. come on now because I understand hallelujah that when you get alone there's no telling what you'll entertain 
I've seen ministries implode. I've seen I've seen preachers' wives, amen, end up in a mental basket case. Hey, I've seen ministries end up in a spiritual train wreck. And when you start looking at the problem, you start realizing they started pulling away. Amen. Come on now. They started distancing themselves. Amen. And I think that could have been avoided. That ministry could have been saved if they would have just came to a meeting like this. Amen. Walked down the aisle. Grabbed somebody by the hand and said, I need some help. Amen. I need a reviving. I need a refreshing. I'm exhausted. Amen. Can I tell you if you're frustrated, if you walked in this building discouraged and weary, you're in the right place. You're surrounded by the right people. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to step out of your pew. Amen. If you're in a low place, we need each other. We need our brothers and our sisters. Amen. I come to be a voice for somebody in this building to tell you you're going to be all right. You're going to make it. God's going to help you. God's going to pick you up and set you on fire again. Hallelujah. 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 He is so exhausted that by the time you get to verse verse 4 of chapter 19, he sits under a juniper tree and look at the prayer that he prays. Lord, just take my life. Amen. He's in the wrong place. Now he's praying the wrong prayer. Preachers don't pray that prayer. Lord, or do they? Amen. Lord, just just take my life. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. I believe there's a lot more going on here than just discouragement. I believe Elijah has reached depression. I can't prove it. I'm just saying. Amen. Because we're the ones that's supposed to be praying for people who's praying those prayers. Amen. Come on. How many's ever looked at someone like that to say, you know what? I'm done. I- I'm finished. There ain't nothing to this. Hallelujah. And you've said, oh no. Just cast all your cares on Jesus because he cares for you. Come on. How many's ever told somebody? Come on, God can help you. Whoa, I told somebody just the other just the other week. I said, all it takes is one service, one sermon, one altar call. Amen. And God can flip the script. Hallelujah. And yet when we find ourselves in that place, you know what we do? We do the same thing we tell them not to do. Come on, somebody. Amen. We got to be careful that we don't let our condition, hallelujah, amen, change our character. We've got to be careful that we don't let the problems that we're going through, amen, change who we really are. Are you hearing me? There's some people in this building I feel in my spirit who knows what depression feels like. It's changing who you are. Like one man said, no longer it's not how are you, it's who are you? Amen. And that's the way it is a lot of times. It changes us. The things that we go through, it changes us. I used to think when I was a young, amen, preacher, even younger, that there wasn't much amen to that word depression. That maybe it was just a little over exaggerated. But the older I get and the longer I preach and the longer I pastor, I found out that life has a way of causing you to feel depressed. 
Amen. It's that couple that you've counseled. Amen. And told them not to do that. And they do it anyway. It's that family that you poured everything into. Amen. And they still walk away. It's that two hour phone call. Are you with me right now? When all you want is a nice meal with your family. It's that revival you've been praying about. And it seems to be evasive. It's those children you've raised in church. And they still walk away from faith. You can't sleep at night. You got pressure in your chest. You're fatigued and tired. And the devil jumps in your ear. And he says, I'm fixing to take you out. Amen. You're done. You're you're finished. Amen. I want to tell you tonight. The devil is a liar. You are not a quitter. You're a man of God. You're a servant of God. Amen. Come on, somebody. We're not a depressed folks. Amen. We're a joyful folk. Amen. We're a shouting folk. We're a praising folk. Is there anybody here tonight that would raise your hand and say, I know what the devil says, but I'm going to prove him wrong. I'm still a preacher. I'm still a woman of God. I'm still a man of God. And I'm going to show the devil I'm not quitting. I'm not giving up. I'm going to keep on going. You're not having a heart attack. That pressure you feel in your chest, you're not having a heart attack. That's a devil running you ragged. Come on, I don't don't know how transparent we need to be, but I remember just a few nights ago, two weeks ago to be accurate, two and a half weeks ago, I sat straight up on my bed about 5.30 in the morning, and I, I literally thought that I was dying. I know it's hard to believe. You know, you say that. I thought I was going to die. No, I literally thought. I walked in the living room. I was hurting in my chest. I was, I was breathing hard. I broke out in a cold sweat. And I just sat there. And I was like, God, you got to help me. Lord, you got to help me. Come on now. I kind of I done, you know, uh, retraced, retraced the problem. There's a lot of stuff going on. And I come to find out real quick, Brother Sumner, I wasn't having a heart attack. The devil was just trying to get me to think I was. Come on, somebody. Okay, maybe he don't tell you things like that. Amen. But you're going to you're gonna die. And, you know, you're going to leave your church in a, in, a, in a state of confusion. And then what's your wife going to do? And what's your kids going to do? Come on, somebody. I just want to tell somebody. That's the attack of the devil on your mind. Can I tell you? Woo! When Jezebel's running you ragged, amen, the thing to do is not to continue to run. That's the time to stand up and fight. Come on, somebody. Amen. When you're exhausted and weary and tired from all the pressure, amen, the worst thing you could do is show up on church on a Tuesday night and keep your seat and close your mouth. That's the time to stand up. Give God the best praise and let the devil know I'm going on. I shall live and not die, saith God. Woo! We'll say this because the Holy Ghost told me. The Holy Ghost impressed on me today just to say these words. God is a deliverer of depression. Come on. I know I'm young. I'm trying. I, I, I felt so inadequate even being up here tonight. I sat down. I told my wife, I'm so overwhelmed. 
by sitting up here with these preachers. Amen. But can you just, for the next few minutes, take this as maybe God's trying to talk to somebody. Listen, you don't have to have sleeping pills to go to sleep. Are you hearing me? Come on now. You don't have to pace the floors. How long has it been since you've had a good night's rest? I feel tonight in the Holy Ghost that God could touch your mind in such a way you could go back to the hotel and get a good night's rest. Come back, amen, tomorrow morning saying, this is the day that the Lord hath made. I shall rejoice and be glad in it. Come on, preacher. You're not going to die. Come on, preacher. God's not finished with you yet. There's still a work for you to do. There's still a calling upon your life. Amen. Don't let your condition change your character. He's in the wrong place praying the wrong prayer because he has the wrong perspective. I'm telling you, it's unbelievable how... God orchestrates this thing. Brother Shukav got up and preached. Woo, it helped me too. I was here 15 years ago when you preached that. Amen. And it was like you was preaching it for the very first time. I walked around all day telling myself, no matter what happens today, I'm a success. Amen. Come on, somebody. Amen. No matter if they, no matter if they, if they get in with me or not, I'm a success. Come on, somebody. Woo. He had the wrong perspective. Come on. Elijah wanted to die based on a rumor. Wasn't even true. I mean, I mean, I say it wasn't true. It was, it was something he heard. Come on, if you, if you reacted on everything you heard, how many knows? Amen. It would drive you absolutely crazy. I had one, I had one Jezebel spirit in a male body. Hallelujah. Look at me as a young pastor. And I'll tell you something. He said something that rattled me to my bones. He pointed his finger in my face and he said, Amen. By the time I get done, it's going to be you and 10 people. And I thought, Oh, that's not good. Amen. Come on, somebody. And I got frazzled and I got frightened. But you know what I kept doing? I just kept on running. Come on, somebody. I kept on serving God. Come on, Jezebel hasn't done anything. Nobody showed up with a sword. Nobody's touched him yet. Amen. He just heard a word. She said, I'm going to take you out. And he's ready to end it all based on a rumor. Can I just pause and tell somebody? It don't matter what your naysayers think. It don't matter what the critics say. You just keep being the man of God he wants you to be. Amen. Don't react to a rumor. Amen. Come on, somebody. I know the devil would like to say your church is amen done the days of revival's over amen but go back to the pulpit open Acts chapter 2 and preach it again I said preach it again he's the same yesterday today and forever I'm so glad that when we have the wrong perspective that God will send somebody to show us what reality is. The angel of the Lord. I'm closing. The angel of the Lord showed up while Elijah was sleeping. And he said, he said, Elijah, I've got some bread for you. I've got some water for you. You don't need to quit. You don't need to wave the white flag of surrender. You're not going to die. You just need to be refreshed. 
That's a word for somebody in this building tonight. Hallelujah. You don't need to go home and quit. You don't need to come off the road. You don't need to throw in the towel. You just need to be refreshed. They said they had something back in the early, I believe it was, I don't want to speculate right there, but hey man, it was way back then they had what they called the Pony Express. There was, there was hundreds of young riders that would ride in that Pony Express delivering mail. They rode all the way from St. Joseph, Missouri to Sacramento, California and back. They rode through weather, Indian attacks, hurricanes, rain, people trying to steal their horses. They said the only thing that would keep them going was every 10 to 15 miles. They had what they call way stations. It was just little one-room shacks. But in that shack, out in the middle of the desert, there was one man who had one job, and that was to keep enough beef jerky. That was enough just to keep enough water in the cantina, in the cantinas. And when he'd see those young riders kicking up dust, he'd get that he'd get that fresh horse out. He'd get that fresh bottle of water out. He'd get a, a few sticks of beef jerky, and he would give them to that rider. And he'd stop and refresh himself, get on that fresh horse, and continue to deliver the mail. And they said the only thing that kept those riders going, hallelujah, was the job of the man at the way station. Hallelujah. And I got a sneaky suspicion that somebody rode into this building tonight and to this conference, hallelujah, on Monday. Hallelujah. Weak, tired, weary, worn out, agitated, frustrated, aggravated. Hallelujah. And you've been kicking up dust and you're thinking, how in the world am I going to keep on going? Can I just tell you tonight, we made it to the way station. I said we made it to the way station and God's got some fresh anointing for you and God's got some fresh oil for you hallelujah and I believe God's got a fresh word for you tonight amen the word of the Lord is this be not weary in well doing for in due season ye shall reap if you faint not amen I believe the word from God tonight amen is even the youth shall faint and grow weary and the young men shall utterly fall but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And I heard the word of the Lord say, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And I heard a word from God saying, fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will strengthen thee. Is there anybody glad tonight? There's a fresh word. There's a fresh anointing. There's a fresh power from God. And it's in this house tonight. Woo. Hallelujah. Woo. Hallelujah. Come on, baby. I'll come to the piano. Woo. Hallelujah. After the angel of the Lord spoke to Elijah, the Bible said he went to a place called Horeb, the mountain of God. And when he gets there, he goes to a cave. And he asked Elijah the same question that I think God would want to ask somebody in this building. What are you doing here? Man of God, <laughs> Why are you in this cave? 
come on out of the cave, man of God. Because <laughs> I'm fixing to pass by. Oh. Yeah, I do too. I feel the witness of the Holy Ghost tonight. Because here's what God's fixing to do. I believe he's already doing it. He's passing by. And he's telling somebody in this building, what are you doing there? Why are you entertaining those thoughts? Why are you thinking that way? Come on out of the cave. And here comes Elijah. He steps out of his seat on that Tuesday night. He walks down that aisle in front of all those ministers, like I've had to do several years. Comes all the way to the front. Maybe even grabs his wife by the hand. Hallelujah. And all of a sudden, here it comes. The music starts playing. And there's the earthquake. Surely God's going to be in that. And Elijah finds out, nope. I didn't didn't feel no witness of God there. Here comes a strong wind. How many has felt the wind in this house? Elijah thinks he's got to be in the wind. Nope, not in the wind. There's fire, not in the fire. But a still small voice. God was letting Elijah know that, listen, I don't have to be boisterous to get your attention. I don't have to be loud to get your attention. It doesn't have to be a fast song to get your attention. A preacher doesn't have to be screaming to get your attention. I can speak a word. And with one word, I can turn things around. What are you doing, Elijah? Well, God, I'm doing what you told me to do. That's what I was doing. I'm doing what you told me to do. And, and all they've done is tore down the altars. All they've done is slayed your prophets with a sword. And now, God, I'm the only one left. Come on, are you helping me right now? And God said, hey, Elijah. Hey, man, I want you. I got a word for you. I want you to go back to where you came from. I want you to go back to doing what you're doing. I want you to go preach again. I want you to go have another prayer meeting. I want you to schedule another revival. I want you to have family devotion again. I want you to reach out to your backslidden boy again. Come on, are you helping me right now? Because I'm going to do something special for you, Elijah. Retrace your steps. Go back. Retrace your steps. And when you retrace your steps, you're going to find out, Elijah, that while you was walking, I was working. Because if Jezebel could have killed you, she'd have already killed you. Come on, I, I, I wish I wish it'd be I wish it'd be about let's say 500 preachers in this building that retrace your steps the last six months. And the devil's telling you that God's forsaken you and God's overlooked you. Just take a look behind you. While you've been walking, God's been working. While you've been preaching, God's been working. (laughs) Elijah, you're not the only one that's doing this thing. Recount the servants. There's 7,000 that hasn't bowed their knee to Baal. Hallelujah. Come on, Elijah. You're not the only one in this fight. And if I kept them standing, (laughs) Elijah, I can keep you standing as well. Can I just tell somebody, take a look around. You're not the only one in this fight. You're not the only one that's going through this. 
And if God done it for all of these people, how many knows that we serve a God that can do it for us today? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. So I just come to tell somebody, when you're weak, weary, and worn out, I believe God's got some energy. God's got some stamina. God's got some Holy Ghost anointing to put back in your spirit, to get you back in your pulpit, to put you back leading that choir, to put you back in that women's ministry. Hallelujah. To get you back on the field and to preach another revival and to let God's people know that if He'd done it for me, He can do it for you. Hallelujah. Could you lift your hands all across this building? Come on, let's ask God to help us right now in this altar service. Come on, lift your hands all across this building. Come on, the Holy Ghost is helping us right now. Come on, let's honor the Holy Ghost right now. thing I'm for certain of there's help in this house tonight God wants to shift your perception tonight there's not one person there's not one ministry that God wants to lose I believe there's some people in this house tonight maybe even on the way to this meeting you've said I don't get some help I'm not sure what next week's going to hold. Can I tell you there's help in this building tonight? I wonder what would happen if there'd be some Elijahs that stepped out of your cave tonight, walked down to this altar and said, God, I just need a word tonight. I need a fresh touch of the Holy Ghost tonight. I wonder what would happen there'd be some ministers' wives, evangelists' wives, pastors' wives. I'm not trying to exclude anyone, any, any, any person, any wife that's in the ministry. And come over to this, uh, my left side tonight and say, you know what? I'm just weary, I'm tired, I'm worn out. I just need God to touch me again. Come on. 
we're not going to thank we're not going to thank people's actually they're not are we if somebody steps out of their seat and says I just need a fresh touch just need a fresh touch amen I want to tell you tonight there's a fresh touch in this building there's a fresh touch in this house tonight come on is there somebody that'll get, get out of your seat walk up to this front throw your hands in the air and say God I need you to do it again Come on, you're in the highs and the lows of ministry. You're living in a whirlwind of emotions. I'm telling you tonight, God is in the healing business. He's not just a healer, hallelujah, of physical ailments. I believe God's a healer of emotional ailments. Come on. Is there anybody that believes that God is still in the revival given business? Anybody still believe that God is in, hallelujah, the peace given business? Come on, Elijah. When you've had enough, I'll be a God that's more than enough. Hallelujah. Come on, let's move into the altar tonight. Come on, don't clog the aisles. There's plenty of altar space. Hallelujah. Ladies on the left. Come on, men, let's come to the right. God is here tonight to touch us again. God is here tonight to give us a fresh vision, a fresh touch, a fresh move of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Come on, let's move into the front. Everybody that would. Oh, Oh, God. Come on, that's it. There's some couples coming right here to the front. That's it. That's it. Grab your wife by the hand if you feel like it. Walk up to this front and say, God, would you do it again? Would you touch me again? Would you open the windows of heaven again? Give me joy again, God. Give me peace again, God. Give me revival again, Jesus. tonight God's got some fresh bread God's got some fresh anointing I can tell you after going through that valley even though I couldn't see 
to quit Cause you think you've got nothing left to give You can fall apart, fall into his arms He will carry you When your strength is gone, He will lift you up. He will be enough to get you through. When the road is long and you want to quit, because you think you've got nothing left to give, you can fall apart, fall into His arms. He will carry you. When you get the kind of news, down a dream just to watch it disappear when somebody that you love turns and walks away and they leave you standing there with nothing but shattered faith you don't have to pick up all the broken pieces you don't have to try to cover up the sky
Hi, thank you for listening to the Holiness Preaching Online Podcast. We hope this sermon encouraged you. If you would like to send us audio sermons to be played on the podcast or put on our website, please contact us. You can send us an email at hpoministries at gmail.com. Please tell your friends and family about our podcast. Also, leave us a review on Apple or Spotify. Once again, thanks for your support. May God richly bless you.